for tuning in to Books, Brews, and Besties. I'm Kaylee. I'm Jenny. And we have our brew, do you? And we are joined today with author Andrea Heckner. And Andrea lives in Wisconsin with her husband, David. She has three grown sons and three grandchildren. When she is not writing, you will find her spending time with her family or reading. As a child, Andrea often made up stories to entertain her friends and siblings, and this continued when she had her children. Her stories have evolved over the years as she has refined her style and found a genre that intrigues her, crime thrillers. As a public school teacher for 20 plus years, Andrea loves to teach others to read and write as a way to experience the world as well as to express themselves. After telling students for many years to just write and let their stories flow, she took her own advice and began writing her novel. The Farm was released in August of 2023, and she has since written two follow-up books in the series and plans for at least three more. I did not realize that it had just released so soon. I know. <laughs> I didn't. Pick, I think I must have, in my head, I think I picked 2022 because I was like, well, there's two more books. And that's not possible, but it is possible. How did you do that so fast? I think because I had the whole story like in my head for books one, two, and three. So then it was just a matter of getting it on a paper. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and turn it over to you and let you give okay. a summary of The Farm. All right. So The Farm is a book that's set in Springfield, Missouri. And it starts with the question, have you ever wondered how an ordinary person can know and interact with a serial killer and not know it until it's too late? So um, that was a question that my brother-in-law and I talked about about four years ago because he um, interacted with someone who later turned out to be a serial killer. And he said he never would have guessed this. It was like a very casual, like just met him one time and then turned into a big thing. Right. So like we were talking about that and I said, I think most people blend in like they just blend in. Right. So I told him I was going to write a book about it. And he said, oh, okay, you go for it. Because that's what most people say when you tell me you're going to write a book, right? They're like, oh, okay, you do that. So um, The Farm is my first book in a series called The Murder Murder in the Heartland or Secrets in the Heartland series, sorry. And this book centers on the disappearance of Kelsey Lerner. She is a single mom, just raising her daughter, working, being, you know, she's ordinary. She's like so many of us. when she goes missing, nobody notices for two days. And um, it's not until her daughter realizes she's gone. Her daughter's 17 in the book and living her own life like most teenagers, right? Um, and when she alerts the police, um, they begin their investigation. But as anyone who has ever listened to true crime podcasts or read true crime books, you know that two days makes a world of difference for solving a disappearance, right? So it's pretty cold from them from the beginning. But of course, as most of us know, who do you zero in on? The ex-husband. <laughs> because isn't it always the husband, the boyfriend, or the ex-husband? Yeah. Dad, right? <laughs> so that's who they zero in on. They zero in on Joe Lerner, her ex-husband. Um, and unfortunately, Joe has a loose relationship with the truth. So he lies to detectives. And this makes them even more suspect him. So um, that is the main um, storyline in the book is about that investigation to try to find Kelsey. But parallel to that um, investigation is this pair of serial killers that are murdering people in the area where, for what they perceive as a higher good. So the question I ask in the book 
um, and I leave readers with because it does li- end on a cliffhanger, is, is it a coincidence that the serial killer cup, couple is on the loose in the same area and Kelsey vanished, or do they have something to do with it? Yeah, I was about to say. So as soon as I started reading the book, the prologue and that question just hit you, and I was like, all right, well, now I'm intrigued even further. And then literally from chapter one, it's you're just hooked because so much is already happening. And you're already trying to figure out everything. You're already suspicious of everyone. And I was like, huh, here I go. Down the rabbit hole now. And I think that's what a good book does, right? It pulls you down the mm-hmm. rabbit hole and keeps you wondering. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, do you, would you like to start with the questions? So I know you mentioned that there was actually going to be three more books. My one question was, is there a book four? But you spilled the beans and there's going to be six in total. There's going to be, I have an, well, I'm working on book four. I'm 75 pages about into it. I deleted five pages this morning. Well, I copied and pasted them onto another document, but I hated them. So we don't know. They might come back. Um, (laughs) So book four is in the works and I have an outline for book five and a very loose idea for book six. I love it. Try not to. We're trying to do this without spoilers. So I know that's why, like, when I was talking about it, I'm like, "Is that a spoiler?" You know, try yeah. to think about it, right? But so, but there is something that isn't answered in the ones that are currently out. So, is it going to be answered in the next three? I'm hoping, or is it going to be a forever cliffhanger that we will all be wondering forever? <laughs> a major question is answered in book three. Um, And then, but not all of it. And I was just talking with that same brother-in-law earlier this week about book four. And I told him that this other part of it, I was going to resolve in book four. And he's like, no, don't do it. Just keep it going. And I'm like, people hate cliffhangers that just go on and on. He's like, no, I think it needs to go on and on and always be part of it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a different opinion. So I told him I was going to write a choose your own adventure where like at the end of book four, you could either read odd chapters and it went one way or read even chapters in one another. And he said, that sounds like way too much work. <laughs> no, I think people would love that. Yeah. I think people would love that. To read it twice. With right. both outcomes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't listen to him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It'll be choose your own adventure is what I'm thinking. Like, does this happen? Then you're going to read the odd chapters. If you don't want it to happen, then you're going to read the even kind of thing. Yeah. That would be so cool. I would oh, I would love that. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. First of all, he's evil if he wants to keep a cliffhangers going anyway. <laughs> so I, I don't trust anything he says at this point. Okay. <laughs> Wait, since The Farm is a series, did you always intend it to be a series? Or did it start off as a standalone and it just became a series afterwards? Yeah, it started off as a standalone. And then I got to a certain point, And I know I, as a reader... I live a very busy life, like most people. And I don't want a book that's 600 pages. Like, that just would not. I'd be like, okay, no thanks. Like, okay, I read Harry Potter, but it took me a while to be like, okay, I want to read this gigantic book, right? So I was like, I need to break this up because I think that most people are going to be like, I don't want to read all this. Mm -hmm. So then I tried to find a natural place for book one to kind of end on that cliffhanger and then be able to pick up where I was for book two. So, yeah, you know, when I started, I thought it'd be one book, but then it just, I couldn't complete one book in what I thought was a normal amount of pages. So, and now look at it, it's growing and growing. Right. Yep. How did you research the locations and characters? Now I know a little bit of um, brother in law 
kind of knew a serial killer in a meeting and trial yeah. meeting, which is insane to me. <laughs> right. So that's where the idea spurred from. Um, and then I decided that um, I live in Wisconsin. And so, but I didn't want it to be set here because I have read other books that are set kind of where the author is. And I find that sometimes they get married down in minute details, right? Like nobody cares if I'm on this street and that street, right? They care more about the general. And I think when you really know a topic, you get caught in that, right? So I tried to pick a place that was still within the Midwest because I think that different parts of the country have different kinds of lifestyles and things that go on. So I could understand that. And then I use Google a lot. Like I went on Google Earth and I went all around Springfield and I read about their police department and I read about um, some of the details. And then I convinced my husband that that would make a great spring break trip. Ooh, I don't know that he thought that was true, but he was supportive. So we went um, for spring break last year to um, Springfield, Missouri. And we walked around all the places I talked about and it did influence, like I had to go back and change a few things. And I'm like, oh, okay, that really doesn't work that way, right? Like, but there is some creative license too. So, you know, if you're in Springfield and you read this book, you might be like, well, no, that there's nothing like that here. No, that's my creative license, right? Yeah. So, but I wanted to, you know, really know that things fit the way I said they did. So we went there. Um there's a new setting or for part of book four, and I'm trying to convince him that would make a great spring break trip this year. Yeah, it's a little going. I'm like, you know, this can just be what we do on spring break. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Check out my locations. It's now your new tradition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was the most challenging scene or chapter that you had to write in this book? Because mm -hmm. um, I assume that writing about serial killers and like getting into their mindsets and stuff would be pretty hard. So I was just curious if there's any that were particularly difficult for you. Um, I think for me, the difficulty is I don't want to write horror and I don't want to get in the blood and guts of it, right? Like, that's just not who I am. And I think that that's, that's a subset of writing that some people love, but it's, you know, more mainstream to not have that. So, like, it was difficult sometimes for me to describe what those serial killers were doing without giving details that I felt were over the top. So, yeah. like, describing how they kill people, you know, I want you to understand that, but I also don't want to get into, you know, blood splashing all over and things like that. So <laughs> yeah. It's like towing that line. Like, how do you find that where you've gotten there? Um, I think overall, the biggest challenge for me in book one was um, my own timeline, because the book does go back and forth in time, right? And so, like, there will be times I'm like, am, am I out of left field here? Is it like, am I completely off base. And so like I did, I rolled out paper, like you would get like a paper tablecloth yeah. and I wrote myself a big timeline and I hung it up on the wall. And then I would like go back with post-its and make sure things worked. And I think that was my biggest challenge in book one. So I had this gigantic timeline. I love that. Yeah. I would Which, frame it and keep it there forever. Which probably only a school teacher would do, right? Like, I'm like, <laughs> I need to make a timeline. Okay, I'm going to go get this big paper and make a timeline. Use the resources you have. I like That's it. That's right. <laughs> and there's probably software or an app for that. But for me, I'm very visual and I want it mm -hmm. in front of me. Yeah, and I would be able to add to it and just, yeah. Yeah. And do, yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah, well, especially since when you're writing, 
it's I feel like it's so much easier just to glance at something on your wall or on your table than having to go back and forth on your computer or whatever you're working on trying to jump from window to window. Right. Am I on the right track? Yep. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I actually answered one of mine about how you wrote the parallel and the jumping. So I'll move on to my next one, which is, is uh, crime thrillers your go-to reading genre or do you mix and match a lot? As a young person, I read a lot of romance. Like I just was really into it. Like I, you know, I was a young mom and raising my three kids and, you know, working and much as my husband and I love each other, there's not a lot of romance to raising three children and both of you working full time. Right. So that was a, a genre I could lose myself in then. Yeah. Um, and then over time I began to watch the show forensic files. That was like my guilty pleasure at night. I watched forensic files and now you can just binge it. Right. But back when I was watching it, it was like an episode a week. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I got really into it. So then I got into um, like true crime novels. But for me, that was kind of sad, actually, because these are people's real lives and things that happened to them. So I began to read thrillers um, and really enjoy them. And like I said, and you guys read in the bio, I love to tell stories like I did. I, I read to my kids, but I also love to make up stories for them. My sister commented after reading the first book um, on a Facebook post. Now you know what my childhood was like with her. Okay, no, I did not tell her stories like that. She's nine years younger than me, but I did tell her stories, right? I Now that I'm writing, I'm not reading thrillers because I really don't want that crossover. I don't want in my mind someone else's words and ideas and then they leak into my book. So I am mostly reading young adult fiction. It's fun. It's, you know, it's easier for me to read, but I do need that break from writing to read at times. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. The most recent book I read was about setting up a website so I could do that. So <laughs> read a nonfiction book and followed along and made my own website. So, you know, I guess. Yeah. So um, on that website, are you going to be selling your books directly from that website then? I am. I'm going to be selling signed copies of my books directly from that website. So. Okay, perfect. That is how best to support you. It is how best to support me. Um, I think that it is absolutely wonderful that Amazon provides a mechanism for indie authors to be able to publish their books and get them out there. Um, the KDP program is free of charge. So you can write your book and publish your book and they're not charging you for that. End. However, they are collecting the majority of the profit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it costs me about $4 to buy my book from Amazon to then resell it. Um, it sells for $9.99. And if I they sell it, I get about two bucks. So then if I sell it for ten dollars, you know, I'm getting six bucks. I'm not in any way getting rich, but you know, and I understand, you know, as I said to someone, making Jeff Bezos richer is not really what I want to how I run to enrich my life. But you know, I do want people to read my book. And so if buying it for me directly works for them, that's great. If you know, going on Amazon. It's on Kindle Unlimited, so people who have that can read it as part of their subscription. And I did mark the e-copy of it down to 99 cents when I released the third book to try to get people to start the series. So, Right. Mm -hmm. What are you, I've heard so many mixed reviews from different authors just talking in general on like social media and stuff about Amazon and Kindle and everything. I mean, especially with Kindle, do you... Does that support you well 
because I feel like 99 cents is nothing. Like, what do you get out of that? You know, I get 20, I get 24 cents a book <laughs> on that. You know, I think for me, putting it at 99 cents for the first book is really about getting readership, right? Mm -hmm. I want to have readership, but I want to have people who are like, oh, I can't wait for her next book to come out. So if that's the on-ramp for that, I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm okay with not making money off of it. You know, I think the biggest thing going on for authors right now with Amazon is Kindle Unlimited. They restructured how they pay you with Kindle Unlimited and get about a penny for every four pages somebody reads. So you get paid by the page. And yeah, they at the beginning of this year, they brought it way down for what they paid authors, even though Kindle Unlimited's charge went up. So I think for a lot of larger authors who had that readership, they're pulling out of Kindle Unlimited because they're just not willing to do that. Yeah. That's nothing. That's literally nothing. nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. That's insane. Yeah. Sorry. I just was very, I was very interested on the thoughts that go behind that because I just, I don't know, every time I I hear about people talking about Kindle, and I'm, I'm always like, how did that benefit the author at all? I just feel like they're not getting what they deserve because writing a book is serious and i just feel like you guys never get what you deserve out of it but right sorry for the sidetrack i that was just no that's okay i mean that's a good question and you know it is it is something that people are really talking about and you know it's also very difficult for indie authors to get um library systems to buy their books and put them into the libby system so people who are reading for free don't generally have access to the libby program or even to stock the paperbacks in the library. So I, you know, for me, I want people to read my book, right? Would it be great if I got rich off of it? Sure, why not? But I made it this far without that happening in my life, so I'm probably okay. You know, I'd like there to be more access, and I'd like that to, you know, open up for more people, so. Yeah. Well, thank you for touching in on that. <laughs> that yeah. side question. Switching gears, if you could give your beginner writer self a piece of advice, what would it be? I think for me, and I've, a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you get to the point that you were willing to do this? And, and it took me a long time. Okay. I'm in my early fifties and I'm proud of myself if I've come, but I had to get over what other people thought, right? Like, what are they going to think of this? What if they don't like it? What if I get bad reviews? So I think going back to my earlier writer self, it's just go for it. Do what feels right to you. May you know, write the book that you want. And my husband and I joked when I published it. He said, you know, maybe t you'll sell about twenty five copies. Well, I've sold close to two hundred of the first book, so that's really good. I'm really proud of that. You know, that no way am I a bestseller, but it's done really pretty well. And people who have read it have told me they like it and they think it's a you know they wanted to read the next two books. So, you know. My worst review is a three star. I've read some, you know, best selling books that people are giving ones and twos to. So, you know, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I think just have more confidence in your own ability. I was actually just going to ask you if you do read reviews and how important they are to you. I don't think I could. I, I don't handle critique well. <laughs> I do read them. The somebody gave me a three star review and said that they like the book, but they hate cliffhangers. And, I like went around and told people <laughs> everyone in my life heard about that review, right? Like for like a couple of weeks, I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, and they're like, let it go. And I'm like, okay, I'll let it go. But it is, I mean, you, 
it is hard to get critiqued, whether it's in your personal life, your professional life, whatever you're doing. But I also think that it's important to write those reviews and do those reviews. Um, the reviews are essential on Amazon, even if it's just a rating, because the more reviews you have, the quicker your book can be found when it's searched for. Amazon, of course, does not tell us how their algorithm works, but the more reviews you have, the better off you are. So, you know, I do really encourage people, if you like a book, whether it's mine or someone else's, just take that moment to do that review. Even if you just give it a rating and you move on with your life, that helps that author. Um, and I'm trying to learn not to take things personally. It's a work in progress. I was about to say, there's no way. Just like the let it go thing, I would act like I let it go, let it go, but I would still be stewing forever. In 20 years, I'd be like, I'm still thinking about that person. <laughs> and you don't have any way, unless it's someone you happen to know, but like, there's no way to contact that person and have a conversation about it, right? Like, why would you say that? <laughs> It's like, take it back, okay? <laughs> like the one person who bought it and returned it within 24 hours, I'm like, I want to know what that was about, right? <laughs> yes. Let me copy. I'm like, well, why? What did you buy it accidentally? What happened? Like, I just want to know. And you can never have that kind of closure to that. So you just have to, I do have to work on letting some of that go. I do feel like people don't read the description of books before they buy it. Like I, I don't, I just, if I like the cover, I'm going to buy it. And then I'll be surprised when I start reading it, what it's about. So I feel like a lot of people would buy yours thinking that it's probably going to be like a nice ranch, like small town. And then it's like first yeah. page serial killers. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's not for me. <laughs> for your book cover. Did you design that yourself? Um, how, how has been publishing your book yourself been like, what's that journey even look like with book one? I sent out query letters to agents. Like I did all those traditional things and either got rejections, which are always phrased nicely, but whatever, and, mm -hmm. or never heard back. So then I did decide, um, I was going to pursue self-publishing and that's the power of Google and YouTube to me. Like I watched so many videos on KDP and how to publish my book. Actually, for me, the hardest thing was the cover. So the picture on the cover of book one is a picture that I took when we were in Missouri on that spring break trip. I took a picture of a farm because I'm like, now this is a farm in Missouri. And I designed that cover myself. I think it needs a little tweaking, but I'm more in my writing right now than my covers, right? So book two, I also took that picture um, and designed that cover. And then book three, my same brother-in-law, he loves to take photos. He's really into photography. So we talked about it and we talked about what book three was about. He's like, I'll take a picture for book three. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I really liked the cover of book three. He did a great job. And like, I would send him back and forth from the cover creator. I'd be like, here's a screenshot of what it looks like. And he's like, oh, let me adjust the picture this way. So that was really nice for me because photography is not my love. You know, I'm not, I don't have a great camera or anything. I took my two pictures from my iPhone. So. <laughs> But yeah, it was a nice collaboration. So he is working on finding the perfect picture to take for book four while I'm working on writing. it. So that's a great collaboration for us. As I, say, I love that you even get to work with him on it. Yeah. Since he pretty much sparked the series itself. He did. And he and my husband and my other brother-in-law are my beta readers. They have access to my document while I'm writing and they'll go in every couple of weeks and read it. And they leave me questions like things that just don't make sense to them or 
you know, they do a little editing here and there because um, no matter how good of a, a writer you are, there are things that just don't flow or you make a typo. So that's nice too. But, you know, just getting some input. Um, and then I have some other people who get advanced reader copies so that they can read them before they're actually out there and see if there's anything that they're like, whoa, no, you know, what happened here? And you're always looking for that plot hole, right? Because in my mind, I know the story. So sometimes even though I read it, I forget that I didn't tell that part of the story. Right. I think that wasn't that one of the questions that you had written down was how it was to stick with the whole with the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Across the books. Yeah. Um, And then I have my last question for you was, and you kind of touched based on it earlier, but is there anything that you edited out of the books that you've written so far that you want to put like, that you regret taking out or that you feel would fit again now that the story has gone on? One of the main detectives in book one is Detective Cass Minor. And I wrote a, like a whole backstory for her. And then I took it all out because I was like, okay, would this mire you down as you're reading this story about Kelsey Lerner? I did offer that in the back of the ebook. Um, if you signed up for my lo- newsletter, you could have this backstory for her. Only one person has ever emailed me for it. So they got it. Guess that didn't work, right? <laughs> um, but they're on the newsletter now. So I do have a newsletter as well. Um, it's mostly like, you know, upcoming things that are happening. I ran a reader contest to get a free copy of book three, those kind of things. And that's yeah. on my website. Um, but I really think I might bring that backstory back in, in, like in chunks. So people know more about her because the plan for the series um, from four on is to follow that detective so that it becomes a series more about her work. Yeah. Um, detective series than it is about one case. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm super excited for you. And oh, I definitely think you're going to get a lot more than 200. So just be prepared for it. But we'll um, send me your website link and I'll just link it everywhere, everywhere. And then we'll also be like, before we publish it, um, we'll be posting it on TikTok and everything like that. Because we're, we're learning how to be hip and and cool now. Um, yeah, that's my next step after making the website, um, which was a climb uphill, but I did it, right? It's good. It's done. I'm going to learn TikTok. I swear I am. So <laughs> we're still learning. I don't even know if we have it yet. It's, it's a whole experience. Yeah, it is. I guess um, that's also a good question is, do you think that there's any best ways to market a book when you're just starting out? Or do you feel like what you've been doing right now with Amazon has been a good route for you. Have you done any in-person markets or anything I have like that? done a couple in-person signings um, for people to pick up book two locally. And then I signed and I sold some there. Um, I did a, a book show in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. So that's a couple hours north of me. Um, that was really cool. I sold five books there. You know, that's great. And I'm actually going to a pretty large um, book show and author signing in Des Moines, Iowa in May. So like really trying to be like out there and find things that I can do. And um, some of the like shows are very expensive. So it's like you have to meet that middle, right? Like, I don't want to go into debt to try to sell books. So, you know, um, marketing your book is hard. I mean, I have used a lot of social media. I've used Facebook and Instagram and those kind of things and just trying to get people to follow me and post in Facebook groups and those kind of things. And that I do believe I've gotten some sales out of that. Um, and like I said, my next step is to try to learn how to do book talks and be on TikTok. Um, 
I may have to find like a 13 year old to teach me, but I can do it. <laughs> we do too. That's what we need. They have I, I mean, that's what you need, like a 13 to 15 year old. And they'll be like, oh, you need to do this. And then they'll tell me about something else I should be on that. I don't even know what it is. Right. Yeah. Well, we're super excited to see your journey blossom since your books have just come out recently. So I guarantee that they're probably going to take off soon. And we really appreciate you coming on and even chatting with us oh. to begin with. Um, it was so great to meet you. It was yeah, great to meet both of you. And I can't wait to read all the rest of your books. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Have Mom, a great have day. day. Bye. Bye.